Ruchim Aboy Mishem Hashem Berach Ruchim Beis Hashem Welcome to our weekly word the Shir the Nishmas Ruzlin Basrach Chana Ezra. This Shabbos Pashas Emir. As we are now going deeper into Sfiras Emir, deeper. We count the twenty seventh of Emir. We counted. We'll also um, elaborate a little bit on a Mishnah, a Bikhi Aves of this week, which is Pedic Dalit, and a little bit of a second state of the Nether. The Sphiris Aimer, the counting of the Aimer, has a countdown that's significant to each and every one of us. We count. Do we know why we're counting? Some of us do, some of us don't. In the counting of Sirisema, in the Vainishem, and everything else that's said there, there are many, many very deep prayers that literally deal with our Neshama, our deepest, the depth of our souls. Each day we are counting towards. It's the 25th day, it's the 26th day, it's the 27th day. We're counting another day, another day. Technically, it sounds like a day away from Pesach. I survived Pesach. I survived the cleaning, I survived the cooking, I survived the change of food, I survived everything. And I'm counting the days, how many days I survived from Pesach. Sfira Seymer, in essence, was established... The count, as they were told, in 49 days they would receive the Teda in Sinai. And therefore they counted. Today is the 21st day, 26th, and 23rd day, 25th day. Each day they counted. It's a day closer to that 49th day, the day that we will receive the Teda in Sinai. Each day represents a day of the seven spheres, Chesed, Givura, Teferes, Netzach, Hegesed, Malchus. Within each one of the spheres of Chesed, Gura, etc., there is seven spheres. So we have the first day being Chesed Shebe Chesed, and the second day Chesed Shebe Gvura Shebe Chesed, Tefera Shebe Chesed. Each day has within it the different spheres of the seven, seven of the ten spheres. Chabad, Chesed, Chachmah Bin and Das are connected with Meichen, connected with mind, and therefore we do not count them in these seven. The seven, the Sheva Shavuot, the seven full weeks that need to be, are connected with the seven attributes of which are connected to each and every one of us, and within them, seven attributes. Now that you're very confused... <laughs> To break down in layman terms would take a while. We take the attribute of chesed, of kindness. Within chesed, one has extreme kindness, chesed shebe chesed, and one has gvura shebe chesed. It's very interesting how in today's day and age in the modern technology in the world of social media, WhatsApp, etc. There are different ways of explaining and expressing people that send out every day don't forget to count the Omer and tonight is such and such and this, and then there's people that send out videos a little video clip 
of explaining with beautiful background music and everything, I don't know how they get the background music during Sphira, explaining the attributes of which they, of the today represents, etc. So yeah, I'm sure you can subscribe to one of these things and find out and hear every day exactly how and what you need to apply. On a simple, basic basis, one needs to apply this in our daily lives as a day that is different and more special than the day before. Whether it be Netzach Shebenetzach, Tiferes Shebetiferes, Heid Shebehid. We find different dates, different Sviris, Tiferes Shebetiferes, Beis Yerulis, And the Vershav was born on base year. And when his teacher tested him and said how great he was, how well he did on the test, Father said, the Rebbe said, What's the pillar that Feresh should do so well? In other words, it was not just an expression, it was rather a connection directly to his Neshama to the source of his neshamas, to where he's coming from. He's teferes shebetiferes. And so too we find each and every day, like Bema has its own day, etc. However, ironically, the days of Sfira are not happy days. Technically, they're not like the three weeks and definitely not like the nine days. But there are days in which we don't listen to music. <laughs> you tell somebody three weeks they can't listen to music, that's a tough pill to swallow. So they come to the rabbi and they say, Rabbi, please, at least just the nine days. I'll take on the nine days and want to. Tell somebody seven weeks you can't listen to music. Help! Well, the truth is, though, already from Mishkei Sivan, there are those that listen to music, those that make weddings. Then you have also different opinions. We say that the mourning period is only 33 days. And therefore, the mourning period they undertake is from the first day of Sfira till like Bema, and after like Bema, they listen to music. Some take it from... The, from after Yom Tov till the end of Shuas, till Shuas, which is the 33 days. And there, everyone has their own way of counting and calculating the 33 days. Anlag Be'imer itself is a day of Simcha Gedula, Simcha of the Ilula of the Rashbi, and therefore music is allowed to be played and heard, and danced to, etc. And if I can't, it's a nice thing to do such. And this year there'll be the parade, the parade, the great parade. Like Bema Parade for all the children. And there'll be all different parades in different neighborhoods, I'm sure, in Queens and in Borough Park and etc. But the main parade will be outside 770 Eastern Parkway. There's also connecting to like Bema, we have the bonfires that go on. But this is all for next week. Like Wim is next Tuesday, starting Monday night to be bonfires, and Tuesday will be the parade mention. We'll discuss well let's discuss a little bit of like Bema. We've discussed it many times before. The days of Sfira basically were connected or the morning of the days of Sfira, are connected with the passing of the Talmidim of Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva's Talmidim 
had unfortunately a little bit of an issue between themselves, amongst themselves. And therefore, if you keep in score at home, the Gemari Yavam is Samach Bezim and Bez tells us that Rabbi Akiva had 24,000 students and they all passed away during these few weeks. Why, says the Gemara, they did not behave respectfully amongst one another, they did not honor one another properly. And Lagbeimah, the last of them had died before Lagbeimah, and therefore Lagbeimah no longer anybody dying, and that became established as a Yamtiv. First and foremost question about this whole episode, Talmidim Rebbe Akiva, excuse me, so severely did not act respectfully one with another that the decree of death was upon them. And 24,000 people died. No, it's not with only two one zero two hundred forty. It's not two zeros, two thousand four hundred, three zeros, twenty four thousand people. The Rebbe established twelve pesukim for the children to study. One of the twelve pesukim is Ve'ahafta le'reyacha kamecha. Love your fellow Jew. And Rabbi Akiva says, this is a klal godl batera. This is a generalization. Shemed is a mainstay, great generalization in the Tera. In other words, Rabbi Akiva's motto, as we would say, was to love a fellow Jew. And so not just love a fellow Jew, but love a fellow Jew as you love yourself. So how is it possible that his students should fall into such a level of not loving one another that the decree of 24,000 people were, dying, were killed? And what is it that... Uh, not having mm-hmm. respect or not loving a fellow Jew, how is it that it's punishable by death? No more, no less. I want to say it's punishable by, uh, I don't know, starvation or whatever you might say. By death? It's exaggerated. We also need to understand how is they all died in one era, one episode, one epica, one like a plague. <coughs> how severe could this sin have been? They're just a wipeout of a total nation practically, 24,000 people I mean you can't even fathom what that means you can't even find that many graves but everybody knows these stories already <laughs> the question is always asked who were they? we never heard a single name of these 24,000 students is that even possible? 24,000 students that were 24,000 people that were on such a high level <clears throat> just because they didn't respect one another they didn't behave, behave properly with one another they were killed for it their souls were taken away from their bodies Mind you, it doesn't say 
that they were nasty to one another. That they had fights, that they fought, the there was strife, inner strife between them. The expression is they did not give honor one to the other. They were definitely as students, prize students of Rabbi Akiva, whose motto was they were definitely on board with Avas Yisrael. But to give true honor one to another, something here, because each and every one of them had an opinion on how and what the Rebbe was talking about. It's brought down, if you keep me scored home, in several Gemaras. Mesechtes Brachis, Chav Chesam and Aleph. Mesechtes Sanhedrin, Lamed Chesam and Aleph. Ein Deisein Shavais. Their thought patterns were not the same. This is probably what we're talking about with the students of Rabbi Akiva. Rabbi Akiva gave a shir, he gave a lecture. 24,000 students heard the lecture. Each one had their interpretation of the lecture. However, when they heard their friend interpret the shir the way they interpreted it, it could not work. He was sure the guy is wrong because his interpretation was different. And therefore, Arab Israel, they tried to convince one another how they were right. And each one stood on their opinion. And thereby they could not honor one another because they said, you're just not getting the point. You don't understand what Rabbi Akiva is teaching us. So the lack of respect for one another was not based on anything else but the fact that they felt that the teachings of their Rebbe was being misinterpreted. This sin is very, very severe. But not enough to get them killed. Something else had to be, had to come to play here, as we say. 24,000 students, that's quite a large school. And when someone has 24,000 students, unfortunately, it does awaken the concept of Ayin Hara. Although we don't believe in Ayin Hara, technically. We also know the number 24,000 is connected with Midas Haddin. So we keep going home to Yeshalmi, actually, Sanhedrin, Perikala, Valachabes. Ayin Hara awakens the Midas Haddin, the attribute of judgment. And this is the Midas Haddin of Sirius Eimer. And this is ultimately what caused them all to die. Had they all been united on a united front with Avis Israel, it would have protected them from the punishment.
But since they nogu covered zebazer, they did not behave respectfully one with the other. They awoken, they poked the bear of Midas Hadim, and therefore there was nothing to protect them. And they died, Bepedek Echot. Bepedek Echot, literal translation is in one chapter. So therefore the message of Lag teaches us the fulfillment of the complete of the wholeheartedness of Avas Yisrael in a way of honoring respectfully even if you don't understand if you have a different opinion of how the person talks about when it comes to the words of the Teda of the Rebbe Teda or of the Rebbe and we hear this also in the, story, in the life story of Rebbe Shimon Ba Yechai Lag is bound to him as well as we keep his score at home. The Yemara Shabbos, Gimel, on the bottom of Omid Beis, tells us that when he came out of the cave, he was hiding from the Romans for 13 years. When he came out of the cave, he said, let me see what I could fix in this world. He wanted to purify the roads that the Kehanim could not walk on to make life easier for them. Certain paths that the Kahanim could not walk because there were either dead bodies there or there was some there was a doubt maybe there was a dead body there, maybe there's something they buried there. He wanted to make sure that he could look and see and tell them, No, these roads are clear, you can bear, you can walk on them. All he wanted to do is help a fellow Jew to alleviate a hardship on their part, to make life easier for them, to go on a a smooth path, and a direct path, not have to circumvent in order to get somewhere. And therefore it says, Again, And therefore, in this very time, where it's Eisat Chak, where it's time of very, very, very dire and hard times, in the Golos, we need to wake up the fellow Jew, not scorn, not look down upon, not fight or argue with, not bring up their shortcomings not remind of the past of things that they've done in the past but rather take the face value for the way the Jew is today and accept them one one another we should accept one another in a way that the pure of Israel will prevail so that we see to it that anything that we could do to help a fellow Jew, even if it's a minor thing like getting them a shortcut, getting them a road, or giving them a loan, or giving them a bridge loan, or giving them a, 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 a donation, whatever it might be, just to alleviate another fellow Jew's life, to make it easier for them to keep Torah mitzvahs. And this will awaken as well we won't go to the harshness of what it went through caused etc the strife and the punishment we go to the positive and the positive is that this will bring about the Geula Amitus Vashlema Aidei Mashiach Tzidkeinu may we see this Lag Beimah before this Lag Beimah may we all be able to go this Lag Beimah to Eretz Yisrael Atzena may we be there already beforehand and celebrate to the Haitan Aman Haitan Rabishim Bayakai. Pashas Emir Emir Lakanim Bine Aharim 
say to the Kahanim, the children of Aaron, V'yomarta aleyem and you should tell them. Parash is telling us, tell the Kahanim not to become Tomei Lameis. As we said now, Rabbi Shimon Ba'yechai wanted to see to it to help out the Kahanim. They should not, Chas ever be desecrated and become impure by walking near or going near a dead body. And this parsha talks about those halachas. It's not ironic that the week, the Shabbos, the Shabbos which blesses the entire week coming, or the entire week that passed, but the upcoming week, which is the week of Lag Be'emer, on that Shabbos we read Pasha's Emer, which talks about just what Rabbi Shimon Ba'yechai did when he came out of the cave, wanting to do is to purify the way for the Kahanim, to stay pure. But our question here on the Pasha is, on the Pasha, on the beginning of the Pasha, we don't have to go far. Emer, Tell them and tell them. Emer v'amarto. Sorry for being rude and drinking a little bit. A little parched over here. Emer v'amarto. Why the double lotion? Tells us Rashi, beautiful, beautiful pshat. To warn, to inspire the older elders to teach the youngers. This is not the only mitzvah where the Torah tells us, reiterates to make sure that we educate our children. The Kimiskor Homes Gimari Yavam is Kufyu Davidam and Aleph, 114 side 1. And the Gimara tells us that actually this happened three times, thrice in the Torah. The prohibition of eating Shkotzim, bugs, The prohibition, eating and drinking blood, and the prohibition of the Kahana becoming impure. Wow! <laughs> Bugs, blood, and impurity. Quite a combination. And these are the things that the Tera reiterates and seizes and in and gives a direct command that we educate our children in these laws. Where does education circumvent? Where does education find the basis of these three different mitzvahs? Each one of these three, any educator gets a little bit of a a doubt How do I teach this? Don't eat bugs, don't drink blood. Kahanim not becoming impure. Cemeteries. To walk in a cemetery with trees and drive past the cemetery that has trees overhead that's over the graves from one side and over the, over the, the path on the other side of Kayin Kank under the tree. All these other things, they are very, very, very in-depth. Therefore, the tailor needs to give us a very big, a good boost on these mitzvahs. Emer ve'amarta, 
to reinforce the prohibition. Eating bugs. The mother says, "Ew, <laughs> not really." But it says it's disgusting. Who wants to eat a bug? Drinking blood. Apparently, in days of yesteryear, it was a thing. It was a thing. And not only that, it was a thing. People were used to actually doing that. They used to drink blood. People do it for their health, officially. I won't go into the gory stories of (laughs) the blood drinkers. But yeah, there are people that find it or consider it invigorating or bodybuilding or I, I, I can't even fathom what it does but I'm sure somebody out there listening can say what are you talking about Rabbi there's so many benefits google it you'll see I'm not interested whereas the prohibition of Kahanim becoming Tumah becoming impure or impurity what is impurity in general How do I even explain that impurity to a child? Tired, tummy. Three major lessons in Chinuch are brought about here. First of all, when a person falls, falls to the lowest of levels to the most decadent of ways and acts totally, totally Mm -hmm. out of character he could think there's no hope for him anymore and he can never educate, he can never get, he can never change. The Tata comes and tells us, therefore, even the bug eater, person who literally is as low as the people that are eating bugs, not the people, as low as a person that feasts on bugs. Something, in other words, that's not exactly honorary. Doesn't even look good. They too have an obligation of chinuch. They too can also be mechanach and state themselves and put themselves on the right path. Now, unfortunately, we're talking in the year 2023. Where the weirdest of weird are accepted as norm. One can identify as a butterfly. One can identify as a cat. And I don't envy you if you try to stand up against that. I had to look up something yesterday. So I opened up my Google page, shall we say. The first story on the Google page, the first headline, a child was sent home from school. There were two headlines about a children. One was a child saved the busload of children because the... the uh, the driver, a middle school child, seventh grader, saw the uh, driver collapse and he ran over and he 
braked the bus. He stopped the bus and he swerved it out of danger. That was not good. He swerved the bus out of danger and put the car the bus in, in park and he's screaming, call 911. That's one story. The other story was a child was sent home from school. Why? He was wearing a shirt with something unwritten on it. Very severe. It said there are only two genders. A male or a female. They literally sent the boy home from school. Go change his shirt. We're in trouble. Our generation is in very, very deep trouble when it comes to this level of stooping down so low. So the people that are head in the gutter, as we would call it in the olden days, and have such things in mind, and this is what they're standing up for. Got a problem? Houston, we have a problem. Tells us the Tata, though, that doesn't mean that we can give up on everything and say there's no such thing as education any longer. Even eating the shkotzim, even eating bug, uh, bug eaters, and there are contests for bug eating and all these things. One of it's lan. Okay, I'm getting sick from it. I'm not even going to elaborate on it. Now those that say education helps only somebody that is not swayed from the path. Not gone off the, gone off the path. OTD off the derech. Once someone goes off the derech, there's no hope for them. To say that education, we can't educate them, we can't bring them back. And this detailer tells us very directly. Even though Jews have accustomed themselves to many different things, like eating blood, we still have an obligation to educate them. And to change their attitude. To change their ways of even something that they are so used to. Achman got so involved in. And we can not only educate them, but they can actually change. And that's wherein lies a problem where we don't believe, we don't have faith in the person being able to change. And we say that old habits don't die. We say that once a person does a sin, it's always going to be with them and they will always commit that sin. Taylor tells us no. No. A person can pull their head out of the gutter, can stop drinking blood, stop spilling blood, and be educated. And not only be educated, be educator. This is the second lesson, therefore, even by the blood. Why the Tater says that even such a person can still be educated and educate. Not in what they're doing, obviously. 
education is a field. Some educators should be put out to pasture. Pass due. They've served their purpose, they've served their years. Horrible thing to say. That was a joke. Persons are proper educator, they always have within them, within them something to educate, something to teach. And therefore they should always be listened to, they should always be hearkened to, and they should always be placed in a place where they can do the utmost and have the utmost effect on people. Positive vein. So education, as it may be, probably because the person went to courses and has edu- has a has a certificate, a diploma, whatever it might be, therefore they can educate because they go according textbook. They can teach and tutor you a piece of math which makes absolutely no sense to you, but all of a sudden, because they're educating you, they're going to give you the way and the path of how to do this math problem. When it comes to emuna, to belief in God, you can't educate that. You can only educate things that go into the textbooks. We have textbooks. Chassidus, Nigla, Teda, Shulchan Aruch, the Gemara, the Farshim, Rishayinim, Achreinim. We have the textbooks. And when a person says, I don't believe, we don't say, ah, He's a lost case. She's a lost case. The Torah emphasizes, puts an emphasis. Something that we don't understand in our mind's eye, the Tumas Kahanim, the impurity of a Kayin. Where? He walked by a grave. He ended up touching and coming in contact with something, a shattered something, uh, 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 whatever it might be. He's still standing here. He's still the same person he was ten seconds ago. What does it mean that he's impure? It doesn't fit. The obligation of education is to teach us even in things of emuna. It helps to educate. And there's no reason to just throw up our hands and say, forget it. This is the pneumius of the heart, the inner depth of the heart of each and every Jew, that they believe. And the chinuch is only to help them to reveal within them their amuna from the depth of their souls. So when the Tera commands us to do such, it's not just a lesson that's maybe you can, maybe you can't, but it's a commandment that a person needs to take upon themselves the strength to actually implement. HaKadosh Baruch Hu does not require from us something that we cannot do does not give us an obstacle that we cannot overtake, overcome. We are given, we are put onto paths, we are given different trials, tribulations, different tests. We go through different things in our lives. And we say, we can't get over this. We can't get this out of our system. We can't get this out of our mind. We can't get this out of our heart. Tells us, Tata, no. There's nothing that a person can't overcome. And therefore, we see from here, when it's required of the person, 
he's given the strength to do this and to overcome this. A fellow once came to his Rebbe and said, Rebbe, <coughs> I have a little issue. I had a great job, a great paying job. I was doing very well. I lost my job. Lost my job. And then now I'm going to support my family. So the Rebbe says to him, excuse me, you have a mailbox? Yeah. He says, uh, you get mail in it? He says, yeah, of course. What's your mailman's name? I don't know. Why don't you know? Is your mail important to you? Of course my mail is important. Sometimes I get money in the mail. Sometimes I get bills that I have to pay. Sometimes I get invitations to go to the Kassanet, Simchas. Of course the mail is important to me. Mail comes to you though, faithfully. Yeah, I get the mail. Almost on a daily basis. But you don't know the mailman's name? No, I don't know the mailman's name. Why is it important to me? Parnasa is from Hashem. All the money in the world, all the gold and the silver belongs to Hashem. And Hashem has <coughs> His bankers, His emissaries. And these emissaries distribute the money the way Hashem wants it to be distributed. You don't have to know who your benefactor is. Sorry, the supporter. The one that's giving. You don't have to know who they are. You just have to know that they're only delivery men. The source for whence it comes, excuse me, is from Hashem. Who's delivering it to you? Whether it's a job in computers, a job in this, a job in that. It's not relevant to you. You just know that it comes. And you don't care what the mailman's name is. And this is the same with Parnassa. The same when a person needs to make a wedding. I'm sure it happens still today as well people that have to go into hack to make a wedding. Not everybody has money. Put away, set aside. Not everybody had a 401k when they started working and said, I have to make a wedding. I have a wedding fund, a college fund, and all these things. Not everybody has these things. <laughs> and the person who thinks they're normal by having it is saying, are you crazy? How could you not have it? You're not going to have a nest egg before you get older? It's insanity. Have a nice day. Have a beautiful nest egg. It's called Akash Baruch Hashem has our nest egg for us. Hashem has it all prepared. Just like He has our Shidduch, just like He had our Bar Mitzvah, He has our Shidduch prepared. And he'll have the children that we have to have prepared and knows exactly what we have to have. Shem has all this in, his, in, in, in exact down to the science, as we say. <laughs> That's why we think, this is how Kaddish Baruch wants the world to think. That is down to the science, as if the science is what's ro- ruling or running this thing. 
has nothing to do with it. It's all from HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And therefore, there were people, like one of the sons said, had heart attacks before they had to make a wedding or a mitzvah. Because it's a lot, a lot, a lot of pressure. Sometimes it's a peer pressure. Sometimes it's from the spouse pressure. Who has peer pressure? <laughs> to make a wedding is a very expensive thing. Fifty, sixty thousand dollars. There's a yid, um, I forget his first name, Ray Kesselman, he used to come every year to the Rebbe for Tishrei. He used to come before Shoshana and go back after Sukkot. And whatever lodgings he had, he found, he had hosts <laughs> that would host him. He was a nice Jew. So obviously they didn't charge him for the hospitality. But tickets cost money. And he was coming from Ed's cell. He was sitting once, and he said, I made a calculation. All the years I came to the Rebbe, Fetishay. I came to the Rebbe Fetishay. Tickets were whatever they were. How many years I've been coming? And I made, I married off most of my children. Made a cheshbon. How much each wedding? About how much each wedding cost? My daughters, my sons. And I added this calculation up, and I came to a conclusion. In my lifetime, I never earned so much money. I never earned so much money. But yet, everything's paid for. Everything's been paid for. Not me. Not me. One makes a wedding, one makes a simcha, one needs to understand and believe in Munabshuta Yad Hashem Bey, the third partner of the child that you're marrying off, third partner of the child you're making Mamitzah for. Okay, Mamitzah doesn't have to be anywhere near elaborate as a wedding. Wedding needs to be, needs to be a Suda, needs to be in a hall, needs to have music, needs to have pictures. These things are not necessarily exorbitant and I'm sorry exorbitant they're not exactly they're not exactly overdoing it they're within the realm of, of normalcy that a person needs to do this can't tell your child I'm not marrying you off I'm not making your wedding I'm not going to make sure that Kala has a dress I'm not going to make sure that Kala has whatever she needs to have not going to make sure that the son-in-law that I'm getting is not going to get these gifts, or vice versa. Not going to make sure if my son is getting married, he doesn't have what he needs to have. Chasashon, or that the kala doesn't have the gifts that she needs to have. Everything has to be taken care of. I, my bank account is a negative. You don't know the mailman's name. You don't have to know the mailman's name. You have to know Emma You have to be educated and educate Emuna. You have to give off give off the air of Emuna Betachni. You have to give off the feeling and that your children should understand, your children should know that I believe full-heartedly an imam in Bermuda Shleimah that HaKadosh Baruch Hu, is running the world. 
And therefore, although I don't see the money, this has to happen, this has to happen, this has to go, this has to be caterously paid for furniture, whatever it is, HaKadosh Baruch has a plan. And the Kedush Arim said, a very famous quote from the Kedush Arim, Kedush Arim says, if a Balsim could know how much the wellsprings are open in heaven when they're making the Simcha, they buy themselves another house with that money. Don't stop. Just keep, let the money, let the money keep pouring. Because it's going to keep coming in, Mitzvah. And you'll pay everything before the wedding. Could be after the wedding, the uh, faucet closes a little bit till the next wedding. But for the wedding itself, the faucet is open. Hashem's hand is open. Just accept and just do. Don't take Hashem to heart. Don't have heart attacks. Don't get yourself sick over it. Do what you need to do. And therefore, Elizabeth Kapra says, in Pirkei Yavis, Pedig Dalid, Mishnah Chof Aleph, Envy, lust, and pursuit of honor. Take the person out of this world. It weakens a person's physical health and driving him, therefore, from the world. On the other hand, it destroys his spiritual life as well and drives him from the world to come as well. The muscle is given of what self-destructive nature this kinder, this taiva have. A king once said to two people, one was an envious person, and the other was a hedonist. The first person to ask for something will receive it, and the other one will receive double. Oops, they both remained silent. The headness didn't ask first, because he craved the double portion. The envious guy didn't, because he also wanted a double portion, whatever the other guy's going to get. Finally, the envious guy said, Whatever you, I get, he gets two. He gets double. The king says, yes. So I want the king to poke out one of my eyes. Can't let the nature take its course on the person's eye. And the same, he continues in the same vein of how a person needs to understand who they are and where they are and that nothing they have control over. Nothing is in your control. And by force, against your will, everything will be brought about the way it's supposed to. And when an ugly man married a, a, a deaf woman, a blind woman, they had their issues, they didn't think life went on until somebody came along and healed them. And then they were very angry. You ruined our lives because they were happy. And now you gave, us, gave me sight. You gave me a, a, a way to talk. Anyway, may we see the Gula Mitzvah Shlema.
this Shabbos with Abbas Yisrael Amitas. Shabbat Shalom to all.